this show is not for the easily offended. So if you are easily offended, go listen to something else. Comic Book Noise. I'm your host, Derek Howard. Comic Book Noise can be found at comicbooknoise.com. It is part of the Deliberate Noise Network. For more details, please go to deliberatenoise.com. If you'd like to send feedback, you can email me. My email address is Derek, that's D-E-R-E-K, at comicbooknoise.com, or you can call the audio comment line at 734-331-0772. Um, this episode, I talk about uh, the movie Alita Battle Angel, as well as the latest um, issues of uh, Fantastic Four and the uh, Legion of Superheroes that I read. So, uh, here we go. Okay, I am about to watch Alita Battle Angel. Um, I don't know really nothing about it. Other than some um, some images I've seen online, and at that the fact that it's based on a manga, I believe. Um, here's the synopsis: While searching for spare parts in the Iron City scrapyard, Cyber Doctor Dyson Ido happens upon the unconscious Alita, an abandoned cyborg with no memory. When she discovers she has amazing fighting skills, she begins a quest to reclaim her past. Um, eh, okay, we'll see. Um, I'll probably go into more depth on, um, movie noise, but I just want to mention that I'm watching it. It's based on a manga. I've actually been reading a lot of manga lately. I don't know why. I shouldn't say that. Now I'm, now I'm thinking about it. I don't really, I don't really read a whole lot of manga, but I'm watching a whole lot more anime. So, yeah, there's that. All right, so the like I said, the uh, the one page summary that's actually given by Twentieth Century Fox is a deactivated cyborg is revived, but cannot remember anything of her past life and goes on a quest to find out who she is. Yes, that's it. Now, first, I want to say I love the world that this um, movie showed. Uh, this movie created is very, very. Um, well thought out, I guess it's because since this is based on an anime, the writer, the writers didn't have a whole lot of heavy lifting to do. <laughs> you know, this guy, um, has already figured out, okay, this is what, this is how the world works, you know, and he, he's, he's already filled in those blanks. This is how the world works. This is what people do. This is what's going on, you know? Um, so from that point of view, they already had everything set up. They had characters, which I'll get to that in a second, because the characters didn't seem like, uh, necessarily movie characters. You know, they actually seemed for, for the most part of you're looking in on the lives of people who are in this particular world. Um, there are some who are doing 
some you could tell were just people reciting lines. Others, yeah, this is this is their life, you know. Um, so when you get past the way it looks, because this is like a very very good looking movie, get past the actual story, which is, uh, you know, it's it's a very old story. <laughs> um, uh, basically, a, a, a an amnesiac wakes up, finds out that they have these uh, abilities, you know, um, that everybody else around him doesn't have, and then they try to figure out what's going on, you know. Basic story, seen it before, love it each time, right? Um, get past the actors, which, like I said, they're, they're are good actors. Um, the music is, is good. It's by Junkie XL. Um, then you get to, <laughs> I just want to say all that stuff. I like, I, and I want to say, I really, really enjoyed this movie. The only thing I did not like, it is the one thing that I found to be a drawback on the whole movie, which, um, sucked a lot of the fun out of it. It's that you have this movie you have an amnesiac. You have um, this world that we're learning about at the same time she's learning about it. And yet there's no real sense of mystery, you know, um, which it's kind of surprises me <laughs> coming from somebody like uh, Rodriguez and um, the, the, the writers of film, um, James Cameron and. Um, oh, Laita Calogritis. I don't know. Um, the thing is, is every time it looked like they were... All right. Every time they looked like they were about to have a mystery or they were putting forth a question that the audience needs to figure out or they could have said, all right, audience... This is where we're going to figure out. They'd have it wrapped up within, you know, less than five minutes. <laughs> you know, it's like there's this uh, serial killer, right? And um, you see one of the characters who's sneaking out in the middle of the night. And so you're thinking, oh, so this character, oh, okay. So just when you start thinking, okay, this character might be the serial killer, um, before you can even really think, say, all right, let me see, is this a red herring or are they really trying to set forth all these different, um, all these different, uh, clues, then it's like, oh, okay, no, they're not, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just that quick, you know, it's like, okay, so it, the, the, the question is of Alita, you know, the very beginning how did this doctor come up with this name, you know? Um, ten minutes later, they explain it, you know? How did he have all these cyborg parts ready to go? Uh, ten minutes later, they explain it. They introduced the character of Sharon, right? It's like, okay, what kind of, you know, just when you're thinking, okay, well, what kind of connection does she have with the doctor? Okay, they explain that. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, that's, and that kept going on throughout the whole movie it's like 
just when it looks like they're setting something up, they answer it. Which, you know, a lot of people don't like mysteries. They don't like to be strung along for too long. But, you know, when there's even the question, even when you're putting forth the possibility that there may be a question to immediately answer it, it sort of, like I said, it sort of sucked the fun out of the movie for me. And I really, really, I still enjoyed it. I just think that with uh, better pacing, I think it may have been a little bit more enjoyable. I'm not saying that that Rodriguez just, I don't know if it was Rodriguez or if it was the, the screenwriters, but it's like they wanted to make this more action-packed than it really needed to be. I mean, this movie really does move along. Um, at 100 miles an hour. Uh, one of the reviews that I read, somebody said that it was like a roller coaster, you know, and they, they thought that they were going to get bored, um, but they never did. And I'm thinking to myself, no, you must not have ever been on a real roller coaster. <laughs> you know, it's like somebody used the, 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 the phrase, yes, this is like a roller coaster, so you think that that's supposed to be used in a review but this was not a roller coaster there was not a whole lot of ups and downs not a whole lot of ebbs and flows it it kept going you know the movie kept moving even when it could have just slowed down just a little you know it could have let the 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 questions marinate it didn't like I said that took it that took a little bit of enjoyment away from me that might not necessarily do that for other people um, the one big mystery they had was revolving a character named Nova alright and as we're watching we know that Nova is like the big baddie of the story um, Nova can like take over other people's bodies I mean <laughs> Nova's like a real badass um, and that's the one thing that they never really went too in depth on until the very end of the movie where they uh reveal who Nova is, you know, the the actor playing Nova. Um and because this is such a big name actor, such a very recognizable name and face, you I could tell this was setting up for a sequel. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a sequel because even though it made like uh, $400 million worldwide, it made less than $100 million of it in the United States. And I don't know. Dread never got a sequel. <laughs> you know, so Dread's not going to sequel. I really don't see um, Alita Battle Angel getting one. However, like Dread, I do believe this movie does deserve a sequel it was uh very well done the story even though to me it moved a little too quick it's like they they did like two movies in one basically with how much uh information was thrown at us um and kept being thrown at us uh yeah so anyway yeah so like i said i i really enjoyed it i would recommend it um even if you're not, uh, I, I would say 
not even if you're not, but especially if you're not a fan of the source material, if you just want to go in for a really good um, science fiction movie, um, go for it, you know. Although I will say one thing. One, another thing that kind of I could see turning people off was um, Rosa Salazar. She's a very pretty girl. Um, but because this is also based on an anime, her eyes were like big anime eyes, <laughs> which is why when uh, I'm watching it, my son Steven, 16-year-old, walks through, he looks like, whoa, what's wrong with her face? <laughs> you know, and it took him a second to realize, oh, okay, they really enlarged her eyes, you know. I'm, uh, and, you know, and I'm just like, oh, that that's that's just weird because nobody else had that until there's a reveal towards the end, of course. Um, and you can see, okay, okay, okay. So that's why her eyes are like that. Um, like I said, watch the movie. I think you'll enjoy it. If you, it's a really good, solid action movie. Um, yeah, and I liked it. And that's really all that matters to me. All right, I finally, well, not I finally, but the um, Fantastic Four storyline called um, Point of Origin is finished, and I finally got my copy. Um, I forgot what what issue it is, but I read it, and I really enjoyed the ending of the story. Um, The fifth part ended with uh, (laughs) the prophecy coming true, you know, they, uh, the Unparalleled had this uh, prophecy that the Forsworn, or Foretold, I can't remember which one they called now, would come, they would uh, defeat the, um, no, it wasn't that they were going to defeat them, but they were going to destroy, like, this big gleaming tower, I forgot what it was called now. <clears throat> Once again, I'm driving, so, yeah. Anyway... So that's how it ended with everybody pointing at the um, Fantastic Four saying, basically saying, kill them. Um, and the next issue picked up like less than a second later. And they, uh, the unparalleled were standing around. They were surrounding the Fantastic Four who was being protected by um, Sue's. Uh, force field and uh overseer the leader of the unparalleled the guy with no eyes he gets up and he challenges uh reed richards to a one-on-one battle and reed is like oh hell yeah (laughs) you know and uh reed was down with it because and he let out all his um his anger and his frustration of the Fantastic Four, being the Fantastic Four, um, out as he's punching, you know, because he's like, you know, all these years, he thought that it was his miscalculation that uh, turned his best friend into the thing, you know, that almost killed his wife and childbirth twice, you know, and he's just letting all, all his, his own internalized guilt and each punch, and then um, overseer finally 
started to fight back and was like, what, your family? You think this is about your family? You know, you think you're, you're upset about your family? I'm talking about thousands of families, and you know, and uh, he's talking about all he, he did, and it's just like these two guys were both working through their guilt for the, for, you know, the actions that, um, that they were each uh, a part of, you know? All this time, Overseer thought that the Fantastic Four was going to come there and destroy his planet. And all this time, <clears throat> excuse me, Overseer thought that the um, Fantastic Four were going to come and destroy his planet. He thought he was doing the right thing. Um, but by doing the right thing, he ended up turning a lot of his friends and co-workers and probably even family members into monsters, you know? And, you know, and he had to keep this guilt all on his own. And that was like the real focus of their fight. It was their own internalized guilt, um, how bad they each felt. And they were looking for someone to blame. And then the culmination of it. I'm not going to go into it, into too much detail, because I really think this is a book that you will want to read. I think this is a whole storyline. If you're a Fantastic Four fan, you should want to read, you know. If you don't like Dan Slott, even if you have a problem with the way um, the Fantastic Four have been, have been uh, treated the past few years, this is a really good storyline with a really good resolution. Because it was not just a punch, punch, kick, kick, let me come up with some kind of scientific um, solution to destroy us, you know, you know, there's not going to be any, you know, uh, I can only think of when Reed stopped uh, Galactus by pulling out the ultimate nullifier and said, look, dude, you, you don't leave, I'm going to pull this trigger and kill all of us, right, we have nothing to lose, um, it wasn't anything like that, it was two people sitting down like, you know what, and then they, um, they figured it out, now, I really liked it because it, Each of the um, Fantastic Four in this storyline, and especially in this issue, they were given a chance to take a, a different look at their character, you know, of their history, of their motivations, of what they, of who they are. And I just, I, like I said, I really enjoyed this issue. Um, I really, really wish I remember what number it was. One thing I do know is that I bought two copies of it. So, if you want to read this particular issue, because I don't have two copies of the whole storyline, but I do have copies of two copies of this issue, um, I will be giving it away in a uh, yeah in a giveaway. Um, just send an email to Derek at Derek is D-R-E-K at comicbooknoise.com saying uh, who your favorite of the four original members of the Fantastic Four um, is, who your favorite one is, and why, and then you'll be entered into a drawing. Because I, I can't just like, okay, here, here's something that's uh, random, because somebody from Canada might win, and 
basically be a game of chance, and that's illegal. Um, so you have to, ask, have to at least answer that question. You know, who's your favorite character and why? Of the original four, because I know if I just say original... You know, if I just say member of the Fantastic Four, and some asshole's going to come out and say, um, Ghost Rider or a Wolverine. All right, okay, or, or Hulk or Spider-Man or Luke Cage or um, Black Panther or Storm or somebody else who doesn't really matter in the grand th- scheme of things. Um, Fantastic Four-wise, you know, those characters are all good characters. They're not Fantastic Four to me. Anyway, oh, and there was a, a, a storyline because they were, uh, there was a subplot because they were setting up the next storyline. And uh, we saw Wyatt Wingfoot come back, you know? And he ended up on a, on a reservation. Uh, and it's funny the way everybody was um, reacting to him. Some people were just reacting to him like, oh, this guy. And others are like, oh, wow, Wyatt, look at this. Some people were remembering that he was uh, friends with the Fantastic Four. All those that, yeah, he was friends with um, uh, the Human Torch. And somebody was like, no, well, actually, Human Torch is friends with him. You know, which really goes into the celebrity of Wyatt Wingfoot, which is something that I just, I, I like that they, 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 they explore that, you know, because, you know, when you get to like a certain level of notoriety, like the Fantastic Four would in their world, um, people in your orbit are also going to become famous, you know, for one reason or another, because Let's face it, a lot of people know who Cato Kalin is, you know, <laughs> and it's not because of anything he's done, but, you know, he was in a, uh, in the orbit of someone even more famous. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. Just realize that a couple people did giggle at that or chuckle. Anyway, so it's setting it up and it looks like the next storyline is going to involve the, uh, Wyatt Wingfoot. Fantastic Four and a, uh, versus the um, Bob Mole Man. You know, so that ought to be cool. That ought to be good. You know, because I never really considered Mole Man to be much of a of a, a threat. You know, it's just like, eh, Mole Man, who gives a shit, right? But somebody pointed out, yeah, he has, you know, Kaiju at his beck and call. You know? <laughs> so... Yeah, the, the guy's not exactly, uh, you know, a piece of shit. He, he, he actually can bring something to a fight, you know. Anyway, um, what else? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There, there is something else I read. Okay, yeah, the, uh, the other book that I read out of my, um, my latest package was uh, Legion of Superheroes number four, I believe, where they talk about the origin of the Legion. Um, and it looks like it's around the same type of stuff. Uh, they have the, uh, the same three founding members. Uh, they're a little different. <laughs> understatement but they've added um, new, but 
excuse me, Bendis has added nuances to the character, to the characters, I should say, that was sort of missing before. Like, um, Cosmic Boy, on, on Cosmic Boy's Planet of Brawl now, before everybody had magnetic powers, just as some people were stronger than others, and Cosmic Boy was like the strongest of them all, I guess, um, until his brother, Magnetic Kid, took over. Um, and he was like the second strongest or something. Something like that. That's how it used to be. But um, uh, Bendis has pointed out this time around that only 1% of people have magnetic powers. Um, and that's why they're champions, you know. Um, which, the way it made it seem is like these champions are the only ones who can fight against these uh, these metallic creatures. Um, which to me is, is a bit of a better explanation than being a Magnoball champion, you know. Um, so that's what they did with him. Uh, they introduced uh, Lightning Lass, um, Isla Rans, and Garth. Uh, and it's funny because they're still twins, of course, uh, but the, uh, the, uh, more headstrong and aggressive of the two is Isla. Isla? How do you pronounce her name? Anyway, um, which actually makes sense in the context of the story because it looks like there's... Uh, Winath is now a, uh, a matriarchal society because that's just how it appears to be so far because the only adults you really have seen have been their mothers um, there's like six kids and at least three mothers um, now I don't know if it, that's because uh, the fathers are all off fighting war or if these uh, children were all um, artificially inseminated. I don't. I don't know how that part of his work hasn't explained that. Um, but I want to say that the only men that we've seen from one half has been uh, Garthus. No, actually, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, because there were other um, men, males at least. Uh, shown, but they were uh, science police officers <clears throat> um, who were trying to take some uh, refugees away, and Garth and Ayla stopped them. Well, Garth was there. Ayla's the one who actually stopped them. Um, well, she she was the more aggressive, like I said. And he was going to back his sister's play because he also has lightning powers. Um, bu -bu -boom. Yeah. And uh, Saturn Girl, they basically shown what Titan was like. And everybody wants to... They, there's like a, a, a hive mind, basically. And she did not want to join the hive mind. Um, and so she tried to look for an alternative to her planet. 
you know, and it, it actually seemed like the, uh, the hive mind itself was sort of bummed out that she didn't want to be a part of them. So I don't know if this means that, you know, like, um, others have tried to say in the past that she is, um, stronger than the rest, you know, or if she just wasn't as, uh, as insular as the rest of the, um, of her planet that those were the three and uh, originally the um, oh, it wasn't the science police who came for for uh, for Island Garth I was just like the science commission or something like that I cannot remember but anyway they wanted both of them but Ayla was like, oh, you're not taking me? I'm not going to fall for your your uh, government tricks. And she took off. And when she took off, Garth was like, oh, do you really need both of us? <laughs> and so that's why he joined the Legion. Um, R.J. Rand is now a woman, or a female, I should say. A, um, a um, president of the United Planets, and it, uh, and as she's talking about putting together this group, um, there's an explosion, and, oh, I forgot to say that, this was, this wasn't done in flashbacks, this was done in, like, some sort of a, uh, a VR-type deal, remember how they kept trying to get, I, I said before, in the first couple issues, they kept trying to get um, Superboy Jonathan Kent to go through his uh, his orientation. He just kept putting it off. Um, well, this is the orientation. Was talking about the origin of the uh, of the Legion of Superheroes, and each of the uh, the, the the three. Um, we actually got to see things through their eyes, you know. Well, through their eyes enough, because you know everything wasn't from a POV. It was uh, just you know normal uh, comic book storytelling. So I'm I'm sorry I buried the lead on that one. But the story ends with uh, somebody trying um, Superboy being pulled out of his, uh, orientation, and he's trying to figure out what's going on, why are the science police after you, why are the, um, why are the United Planets after you, didn't they put you guys together, and somebody's like, uh, uh, we should have let him finish, you know, so there's a lot of things that the Legion has been set up to do that we're not really 100% sure of yet, we don't know why, they were put on by the um, put together by the uh, United Planets, and then now the United Planets are trying to arrest them. We don't know uh, what's going on with that. Um, we don't know why they referred to Damien as uh, Baby Hitler. Um, which is, which is good because, you know, unlike other properties that I've mentioned uh, on this episode, <laughs> there's no reason to uh, 
to blow through all the mysteries just that quick, you know? It's just like, at the beginning of the book, say, well, this is what happened by the end, and it's like, oh, okay, well, we resolved that issue. There's, there's none of that. There's none of that foolishness here. Um, I just hope that Bendis doesn't pull a, a Claremont. You know, when Claremont was with the X-Men, he would take years to resolve some issues. In fact, there... I think I've said this before. There are some where by the time he got around to explaining, I was no longer reading the book, you know. <laughs> um, so let's hope that uh, Bendis doesn't do that and that he tells the story the way he um, should tell the story where you introduce a mystery and then you resolve it eventually, you know. Anyway. Yeah, so the, the, the I read uh, the New Legion book which I enjoyed. Um, although, once again, I'm, I'm a uh, a member of a couple of uh, Legion of Superhero Facebook groups. And those guys hate, it seemed to hate everything about this new Legion book. Um, and people who are usually normally... Um, pretty positive and upbeat they are uh they're like yeah no i don't know i'm not really feeling this book um but i'm i'm kind of enjoying it you know uh yeah so we'll just have to see what happens in the future they could as always shit the bed oh that's one thing i did want to mention with um fantastic four not that they shit the bed but this last section slash part of uh, Point of Origins had a different art team. And I'm going to have to go back and look at them, but it seems to me that they switch art teams at least twice. Maybe even three times. Which is irritating. You know, it's really irritating when they do that. Oh well. Thank you for listening, and um, as always, if you have feedback on this or any other episode, please send it to uh, Derek, that's D-E-R-E-K, at comicbooknoise.com, and I will probably get back to you somehow. You know, you can also reach me on social media. Um, Yeah, anyway, right now, excuse me, right now I'm done making a lot of noise, a lot of comic book noise, take it easy. Oh, my God.